Hello Bert, everybody and welcome to a special edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's Adam here and I'm joined by the funny yet old game and well-known local football dandy Phil Davis. Our special guest on the line... Yeah, I'm good, Phil. Our special guest on the line is the head coach of the Brisbane Royal A-League team, Warren Moon. Warren, thanks for your time and what would be a very, very valuable time off in your busy schedule. Yeah, Adam and uh, Phil, thanks for having me, boys. Yep. Yeah, no problem. It's great to have you on, Mooney. It's been uh, some time since I've interviewed you. I, I, was, I was thinking to myself today, you might be the person I've interviewed more than anyone over the last 10 years. And here you are, you're an A-League coach. Does it feel good? Uh, look, it's different. And, uh, and to be honest, I think I do have that record of probably being interviewed the most by anyone. Uh, other than you, uh, than yourself, I think, mate. I think you've uh, you've interviewed me more than I think anyone has. So, congrats to you on that one. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a dodgy record, but it's something that I'll take. <laughs> you, you're a professional coach now. We've talked in the past, and and we've you've said to me that a professional club it, it's different from local football. You've had to make that step up. Do you feel you belong there in the A League? Oh, I, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think it depends on how you look at it, right? It's uh, yeah. Um, and I've gone on record. I think in other uh, interviews I've done recently, talking about um, the perception out there about uh, coaches that come from the NPL or the local level, and if you're not a former Socceroo or an overseas coach, uh, mm-hmm. most people felt for a while there that these jobs just weren't available to local coaches. And uh, I think in my first year, given you know, uh, everything that sort of happened around COVID and what's gone on. Uh, I think, if anything, I showed that, yeah, I do belong at this level and not just me, but others that could follow me from the same pathway or, or from the NPL across the country. Yeah, it, it's it, it's a quality statement. It's something that, that, you know, relates to what you believe in and I know you believe in about local football. You, you've got tremendous support from the local football community since you've been in the role. And I know you're off social media now, but people believe in you and they feel you're their representative. Does that feel good? Uh, look, it does because, um, you know, obviously it's nice to hear that and, um, you know, it does feel good. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to perform and do a good job for Brisbane Roar. And, and my number one goal is to try and bring success to this club. Um, and how I go about that and do that, I guess that's what, what people identify with, which, which I want people to identify with, you know, bringing yeah. in local talent, uh, blooding young players coming from our academy. Uh, we have a mix and, and a flavour of experience from, you know, our visa players and some senior players, but, uh, but that's, you know, what I believe in. And I think a lot of people locally have been talking about that for a long time, about how we probably don't produce enough or we don't bring enough through from, from Queensland. Well, look, I, I think would, I'm not going to talk about the team too, too much at this point, but I think you're a representative of that, and it's a really good thing. It's, it's proving that you can be the coach. But going up to the next level, let's talk about the Warren Moon of now. You're not the coach of, of Lions anymore. You're the coach of, of uh, Brisbane Raw. Has your lifestyle changed at all? No, not at all. It's been, no? uh, you get recognised in the street at all? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> No, she don't, and it's taken a bad thing. I, uh, I guess, uh, the only time I got recognised, actually, and I'm, I'm more than happy to share this, because I don't, I, I don't yeah. mind making fun of myself, but uh, yeah, yeah. I took my uh, boys ice skating a few months back, and um, and I hadn't been recognised once, and it's uh, not that I care, but it's, uh, 
the one time I got recognised when I tried to ice skate and I'm hopeless at it, I fell over and I heard someone go past me saying, uh, stick to football. So, clearly I was recognised by someone, but uh, I don't know who they were, but it was a nice little heckle and, uh, you know, he was right. I'm hopeless at ice skating, so. Well, you've got the legs for ice skating just quietly, but in your new role, like in the professional role, I, I, I imagine one of the biggest changes from the local community is that you have a lot more media commitments. Uh, is that fun? Um, look, it's, part, it's just part of the job, you know. Um, it, it's exactly that. It's part of my job. It's part of what I have to do. Um, I don't mind doing it. I, you know, I have to get out there and speak, and I have to speak in the good times and in the bad times. And yeah. uh, But it's part of what I have to do. Is it like being at your own wake sometimes when you, you lose a bad game and you've got to stand up and you've lost... I don't know. You lost five nil, and you have to you have to stand up there and be the face of the team. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, one thing I'll always do. I'll always be honest about the team, the performance, and, and how we played. If I felt like uh, you know we played well, I would say that. If I felt like we were second best, I would say that. And uh, I'll always be honest about our performance, and I'll be honest to our fans and to the public about um, you know if we were talking about the performances now and. Um, and talk about where we need to improve. I think a lot of times this season in my press conferences, I spoke a lot about the performances there, but maybe not the results, which, which is what I genuinely believed. And, uh, you know, we stuck with it. And uh, obviously I was, uh, I guess I was proven to be right at some stage because we did start to turn those results around, and um, which contributed in finishing fourth and making finals. Yeah, well, look, some people are notoriously difficult at dealing with, well, not difficult at dealing with the press, but come across as difficult. You've kind of got this persona as the uh, the mild mannered guy of of, of, the, of the A-League. Is, is that really you? Are you presenting yourself out there? I think that's so. I'm pretty calm in all situations. I think, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not a screamer and a yeller and I'm not going to be. It doesn't mean I can't come down hard on, say, the team or uh, in yeah. situations where I need to or it doesn't mean I won't uh, every now and then lose my temper. I, you know, I'm... I'm human and I, I do uh, sometimes cross the line, but uh, generally I'm pretty calm and it's my persona and it's how I am because uh, it's how I like to do my work. I like to be um, switched on in the moment and, and not get too flustered and think about things logically and, and try to make decisions based on what I'm seeing in the moment. Yeah, it's, look, it's all about brand awareness, they tell me, but uh, you, you come across really well. It's... Um... But yeah, it's. I, I think it's an innate ability. But it, it's, uh, personally, I'm uh, uh, still talking about you here, Mooney. Do you still follow the local football, uh, or is it different Absolutely. as a professional? No, no. Look, it's harder to watch games than get the games. But do I follow? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, this is where I'm from. I have yeah. an attachment to the local competition, uh, local teams, and uh, you know, people tell me about results. And if I can't get and watch a game or see results, I'll hear about being upset. You know, even if it's after the event, and you know, like I'm very much aware of uh, how opinions uh, of power are going, Brisbane City, even Albany yep. Creek in the BPL. So yep. I'm very much aware of what's going on, and, and uh, yeah, it, it would be uh, probably against my nature if I all of a sudden dismissed what was happening locally. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering if that, you know, it, it, whether you would have the kind of time to keep up with that. But look, I follow, followed the raw entourage round this season as you know doing various things and, and, and I find it it's difficult to get time to follow the local game and I'm obsessed with the local game anyway let's talk about the local game 
okay so you you've kind of become the figurehead you you said earlier in the season that you believe we had the talent in queensland and that to to to, to go on and, and and be the best team and it's all fallen into place how much of that was coincidence how much of it was coincidence that alex parsons happened to turn up cyrus demi josh brindle south i know it's a tough question and i don't like asking but uh, look i are you saying in regards to COVID and the situations and where we're at? About yeah, well, more like that, it, it, well, yeah, in, in, a, in a sense, yes. Because, look, I, I actually believe what you say and that Queensland, we do have the talent in Queensland. But I just, you know, there, there, are, there are people out there that uh, would, would care to differ. Oh, and that's an opinion. That's why we love the game, right? I, yeah, um, I yeah, do believe yeah. in Queensland talent. I do believe in local talent. I mean, I think we could be very um, uh, selective in our memories about where players come from and, and where they start. You know, there were players in the raw now who came to the local club. Matt Smith, who was one of our greatest captains of the club. Absolutely. Six before he got his opportunity playing at the Brisbane Strikers in the local comp. So I think we have to be very uh, careful when we talk about, you know, the talent in this state because the talent's there. Um you know, and when I got the job, I knew pretty much straight away what I needed to bring in. Uh, and and with the greatest of respect uh, to the players that didn't come in, I would I'd love to have brought more in, if, if I'm being yeah. honest. But, uh, but you know, we have players already in the squad and um, there are players that we, we're doing well for the club as well. So it's not so simple that they can bring everyone in, but there are good players that didn't come in that, you know, are good enough, I believe, to step up and play in the A-League. So it's not just about the ones we did take, but it's also about the ones that we didn't take. You know? One day I would hope yeah. for them, whether it be with us or another club, that they get an opportunity in the A-League because they're good enough. Yeah, and which brings me to my next point, which is at the moment the youth team are second in the NPL. With a little bit of luck on their side, they, they, they could have been Peninsula, they could have beaten Morton Bay. Now, is that... Due to the setup at the academy and, and how things have changed and, and and where the academy's going and, and 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 that is one of the reasons why you've got such fantastic players coming into the A League. Look, I think it was a decision we made, or you know, eighteen months ago when I came in. I, I did the one thing I didn't want that NPL boys team to be is soft because. Yeah. Being in the NPL, the perception of the NPL Raw Youth Team was that they were, you know, they'll stick you for 20 minutes and then you'll Absolutely. score one and then you'll score three or four. Um, I was aware of the perception. I wanted to change it. I wanted our boys to grow up. I wanted our boys to be tougher. And I wanted to instill in them a, a confidence to go out and win games of football. Um, you know, along with that, Chris Crossman um, shared those ideals and, and he's done an absolutely fantastic job moulding that team over the last 12 or so months um, with that mindset and obviously a little bit of a change in uh, a direction for the club because, you know, we were playing very young players, whether they were ready or not to step up into the NPL men's environment. And uh, what we did, we, we stuck with a group of players, um, brought them through, gave them the opportunity. Um, but we set higher standards for ourselves as well. We wanted to make sure that we weren't a soft touch first and foremost. We wanted to make sure we started to win more games. Uh, and we did set targets of making finals. And, you know, I know that they had that t- target last year. Although it didn't come up, it was a target. And it's no different this year. Chris has got the boys going really well this year. And that is a target for them to make finals. And, you know, we always say, if you want to be in the A-League, you've got to be performing in the NPL week in, week out. And 
It's not yeah. just for players that are outside our club. It's for players inside our club as well in the academy. You know, like Cyrus, Eli, Brandon. You know, all the ones that have come in and had a bit of a taste recently. Huss, you know, they've got to be the best player on the park week in, week out in the NPL for them to be considered for us. And, you know, we're watching every week and uh, that's our expectation of them. Do you think that the change at the academy is there was a certain period there where possession was everything? Uh, maybe it was the Barcelona, Barcelona. The, the, but do you, do you feel that the change is, is to have more of a, a winning mentality? It doesn't matter if you have possession for 85 minutes. If you don't try and win, then it's kind of an anathema of playing football. Look, I, I think the message that's come across is we want to be flexible, we want to be adaptable. Uh, but, our, but that's different to, you know, that, that's talking about possession or that's talking about how we defend or attack. That's, that's different to the mentality. Our mentality has changed, absolutely, and, and we, we, our mindset is much stronger, especially if we're talking about that group in particular. Um, yeah. You know, which we obviously, we instill in them. We, we, we yeah, want does, to be... Does that, reflect on the, um, does that reflect on the A-League team? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. You know, our, we... You know, we didn't set out this season to, to say we wanted to finish fourth. We set out to try yes. and win. So, yes. um, and if we're not doing that, there's something wrong with us. You know, that, that's got to be the goal for everyone, and we're no different. And same with our NPL men's. And, you know, whilst we don't place the same amount of importance through our academy on results, we certainly want to instill a culture of winning and the culture of hunger to do well and succeed and be the best you can in every training session and every game. Um, yeah, and that's what we're starting to see come through our academy now, especially in the NPL Mets. We're seeing that on a daily, weekly basis. Uh, these boys performing. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to go back to the A League now. This is your first full season. Uh, you, you come in last year, uh, you know, with terrible circumstances. You had this season. You've been playing three four three this year. Now you kind of inherited that, didn't you, through the players that you already had. So. It, I haven't seen you coaching and playing that that system before. I imagine that it's not your personal preference. No, it's it's probably not. I, no, I haven't coached that um, too often. Um, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. And, and with the, the players we had, I felt moving forward, we, we kind of uh, evolved. Uh, you know, we tried it back four in pre-season, but we, we always said, We've always got that to go to in games. We've got that flexibility. And we wanted to yes. be more flexible, um, to have the option to change in games, to be adaptable. Um, and I think as it went on and, you know, we sort of developed our own playing styles throughout the season, um, you know, we played some really good football with a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, so, um, you know, but at times we changed it and at times we went back to a four and, um, you know, where we needed to change games or, you know, set up differently for some games. and. You know, that was the big thing about us. I felt we were adaptable and flexible enough as a group to do that and, and to, to still be effective. Yeah, yeah, but I totally agree with that, to be honest. Uh, but I'm just putting that to you. But you don't make excuses. The amount of, I've been, you know, I've watched all the post matches, and you don't make excuses. But honestly, as a team, we had a, a, a terrible run, like with the COVID backlog, um, that Perth game at Anzac Day. Everyone yeah. looks at that. But those two wet pitches at home, when we played on those wet pitches, it nullified our, our, our strengths. I think those were probably the most important games that that didn't go our way. Well, what do you think? 
Oh, we're making excuses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, just, uh, if you're no, looking in from, from, if it was another team, do you think that they would? I oh, know it's a difficult thing, but you know. Yeah, look, it is, but uh, look at the end of the day, you know, you know, we have to be prepared to play in all conditions on all pitches. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, you do. But but no one else had 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 that. No, they didn't have that run. We did. No, I made a conscious decision with the group, and we spoke before we hit that run. That we won't make any excuses for this, you know, because the mindset had to be positive. And if we started to feel negatively or think negatively about it, you know, and yeah. I'm not going to say other clubs did think that way, but other clubs did struggle with that kind of run. Uh, but for us, it was about always being positive. We could do this. Another opportunity to show people yeah. that we can do this. Another opportunity to show people we can bounce back from a three-day recovery or a four-day recovery to another game. Uh, another chance to get three points closer to our goal of making finals. Um, you know, because if we didn't have that mindset and we crumbled under that pressure and that and, and that schedule, uh, we wouldn't have, yeah. we wouldn't have finished where we finished. So I've no doubt about that. But I think the group as a collective and the staff. You know, we, we embraced it and we embraced the pain. And that was what we said. Let's embrace the pain. And um, and we did that. And we had collateral damage on the way. We lost a few players of injury, but we Indeed. expected that. And the boys that came in stepped up and, like I say, got the results we needed. I have an opinion myself. Like, you, you've, you've talked about fine margins a few times. Obviously, we've talked about that as well. But I believe that this season... We, the Brisbane Roar, lost too many games that we should have won. Is that a fair comment? Um, oh, lost or drew. We, we or drew, in yeah. Every game. We, were we in gave every points game up in games where we, we, were, we, we clearly were the better side. And I, I could probably name five games where that happened. Look, I think, you know, we could look at all... But I could also say that we were probably lucky against Newcastle away. Um, well, that's true, uh, yeah. But I know what you're saying. We There was a lot yeah. of games this year where we had, um, you know, statistically more chances than the opposition, entries into the final third, dominance in, the, in those matches. And for whatever reason, we didn't convert or take our chances, probably semi-final included. But... Um, but yeah, that's that's the game. If you, if you if you're not good in the final third, if you can't take your chances, you're not going to win enough matches. And, and we paid the ultimate price, I think, in the last game. And you know, it's uh, it's one of the biggest disappointments for the season because we had the chances to go deeper into the finals. Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. As a solid hardcore raw fan, that semi-final still haunts me. But uh, mm. look, it's been a great season. I mean, you, you, you may underplay it. You're a runner-up for coach of the year, for what that's worth. But you may underplay it, but it was a terrific thing. And it did, it's been a great year for the club. I, I hear people talking outside of the local f- football community that we're part of, and they're talking about the Roar again. But I'm just to, just to finish up, I, I'm not going to ask you about specific players or, or anything like that, but I'm interested. Obviously, we're at the, the point where players have left, they've moved on. What are the kind of processes you go through now to build a new team? How do you go about finding new players, uh, assessing who's good enough? And how do you do that? Yeah, I always, um, you know, even last year, I always find it funny when we have to make the announcements. And, you know, I'm not on social media, but I hear the reports about the club. What are we doing? Who are we going to 
it's almost like as if to say we don't have a plan or we haven't been thinking about this month, months in advance about yeah. knowing we're going to lose players and knowing we have to bring players in. And, you know, we've already announced three players coming in and there'll be probably two, three, maybe even four more coming in. So yeah. we know we know that. You know, we've been planning for this for a while now. This is not, um, this is not us uh, being reactive to people leaving. It's just a part of football. We're always yeah. aware you're going to lose players and... Uh, and we were very aware we were going to lose players, and but you're always going to bring players in. You're always looking to build that to the squad, and, and that's what, exactly what we're doing. And and those things have been in place for months now. That you know we're not being reactive to the players that have left. Yeah, but what are, what are the processes you do? How do you find a new player? So you need a player. Okay, you need a a number. You need a number ten. What do you do? How do you go about looking for a number ten? Uh, yeah, obviously that's. Uh, that's not an easy process. That that's um, obviously looking at, at how we want to play, the certain yep. profile of that player, how they're going to fit into how I want them to play. Yep. Um, and uh, and then you need to do your research and digging around uh, everything really, as much as you could find out. You know, personality is important. Um, home life. Uh, you know, anything around uh, where the player's been, what level he's come from. Um, how will he adapt to Australian football physically? Will he be okay to adapt to the physicality? And uh, th- these are all the things that we need to um, keep in mind when we're, uh, you know, sort of going through this with, with identifying and bringing in a player. Like Ricky, for example, was probably one that we identified. Um, that was uh, someone we, we, we needed for this season. And uh, we went through a whole range of, checks with him around physically could he handle the league and, you know he was a very physical player for a Japanese player so um, his, his uh, you know his physical data was, was something we knew he would do very well and technically we felt he would do very well also and I guess that was proved to be correct so um, you know we try get, we don't always get it right but we, we try and go through a sort of a stringent process of uh, what we're looking for and how they fit into our game model and, and see if that uh, if we can get it right um so we don't always get it right, and uh, and even this year we, we probably didn't get everyone right. But um, but that's football. That's how it goes. Well, I think you got most of them right, to be honest with you. Know, and, and you've come through this season, and you have very little criticism. I know you're not on social media, but there is a real underscore of belief in, in where you're going and where we're going as a team at the Brisbane Raw. And 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 that's a wonderful thing. It's bringing the game back. You should be proud of yourself. You should take a couple of weeks off, but you won't. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to next season. Uh, probably nearly as much as you. But thanks for talking yeah. to me today. Adam, are you out there? Yeah, yep. I've, I've got just a few questions, Warren, not off the hook just yet. Um, just again. Yep. Um, obviously, um, being, obviously, being a local coach, being come to the local game and as well as you know, now having you know one and a half seasons um, under your belt as a professional coach, what are the differences um, logistically as far as you know being in say the MPL versus you know the A League as far as you know, having assistants and people doing stuff you know for you rather than having to do it all yourself or mostly yourself in, at the local league? Yeah, I think you've probably hit the nail on the head with the question. It's um I think that's where the grounding can come if you do, you know, especially with Queensland coaches, we've got a lot of good coaches who I know have good processes in place and work hard at NPL level, you know, things like analysis and um, doing bits and pieces around the club, setting up your own sessions and, and planning the sessions and things like that. Now, I guess at the, at the A-League level, 
you have people, staff members that do that for you, you know, especially a full-time analyst, you've got a full-time um, strength and conditioning coach, uh, full-time physios, full-time um, assistants. So uh, there's a lot of help around that to help you um, put all that together, uh, which, is, which is helpful, obviously, because the demands are a lot higher at this level. So, um, yeah, uh, but the grounding you get sort of at the NPL level is that you want to make sure you're running a good program. So, you know, you might do your own analysis, you know, and you're obviously doing your own session planning and things like that and preparation preparation for the opposition. And um, so it gives you a good grounding before you do come to this level. So you're across everything. Um, also as well, so talk, you're talking about uh, signings before. Uh, Matty Steinman and uh, Nicola Miljusnic um, obviously have been announced. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, them as far as you know, how they land on the radar and eventually signed for the club. Yeah, um, look, Matty Steinman um, was, uh, came on the radar very soon, early in the piece. We, we knew about months ago, and there was almost a potential to bring him in this season, but for whatever reason, it didn't quite happen. Um, but he's a very strong defensive central midfielder, um, defensively strong, but really, really comfortable and calm, and all players, very good forward passes, um, you know, can build the attack, and... Uh, someone that I look forward to bringing to Brisbane Raw. I think he's a very underrated player and I think he'll complement what we've already got. Uh, and w- with Nicola, I think he's an excitement machine. He, um, he, I think his speed and his mobility is going to be a real threat. And the way we like to play, I think he's going to fit in really, really well with that mobility. Uh, and he's a, he, he's, a, he's a scorer of good goals. He, he's a, he can score a goal or two and, and create. So he's someone that we're really excited to have and he's someone that we've proven elite experience. Um, one last sort of set of questions. Um, your next competition, obviously, in the focus that will be the uh, FFA Cup uh, round of 32 and beyond. Uh, firstly, what, what's your reaction to this season, um, at least around 32, being in a geographical zone rather than being an open draw or as it's been in the past? Well, I can understand why they've done it, and uh, I've got no problem with it. I think it's, uh, you know... I think it's maybe out of necessity as well it's been done this way so i've got no problem at all with that um to be truthful we haven't thought too much about the ffa cup because we've only just come off an arduous season and uh, uh you know our boys are resting right now and uh, uh but we'll have to obviously uh, look at the draw that comes up next week and see who we get drawn and uh and then the, we, our preparations will start pretty quickly in pre-season knowing that we'll have to prepare for a game two and a half three weeks into uh, our pre-season and uh, one, an obvious question, um, any any preferences on uh, who you draw of the uh, five other sides in the group? Um, no, not really. I, Lions, get Lions. <laughs> yeah, Lions away, yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, <laughs> they, they might paint the pitch again. Um, so, look, I, <laughs> yeah, look, it would be whoever we get, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, with these draws, it's hard to predict. You know, you, you always hope for a favourable draw, but what's favourable? I remember getting a favourable draw at Lions a few years ago and getting beat 3-1 at home to Rock Lee in the Cup. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you've got to go up, turn up and perform and win. And when we get the opportunity to do that, that that'll be our intent to try and win and progress to the next round. Anyway, Warren, that's uh, that's all from us. Um, thank you very much uh, for your time uh, this evening. Um, it's sort of, it's been a pleasure to get your insights on a number of things, and uh, all the best uh, for the off season and the upcoming season. 
yeah, cheers, boys, and, and thanks for having me on. Always good to uh, support local football. It's uh, and great to now be a, a supporter and watch uh, the next few weeks of the NPL as it gets back on and see how it all unfolds. Great. Thanks, Benny. Cheers, guys. Yep. Thank you very much. Thanks, Warren.